I want to also welcome those who are worshiping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to these podcasts by audio. We thank God for your lives and we thank God for what he's doing where you are. We are grateful to God indeed on every side. We want to continue on our series. We are on the last four topics of the eighth part series that we started last month. And uh, I want to trust God that you have entered into the month of June with very, very high hopes. God is driving the year so fast that at times I wonder whether we actually have 24 hours anymore. It seems as if days have reduced to 16 hours, as a matter of fact. To think of the fact that we are now on the 3rd of June. Just a few days ago, as it were, I stood here and I said, Happy New Year to everybody. And here we are, the year is halfway almost. And so we really need to understand the urgency of the times. When Jesus said, I'm coming soon, he knows what he's saying. It simply means soon. You see, for us, it looks like an eternity, but if we look at what has been happening, we will all understand that we have no time to waste. And may God continue to help us in Jesus' name. So by the grace of God, as we started this series of Enjoying Holiness by Divine Help, we have been looking at how God uh, is to help us, depending on God to help us, uh, or enjoying holiness by his divine help. And um, we have been looking at the different names of God. In the four, first four parts, we looked at God being our Abba Father. Then we looked at God being the Ancient of Days. And then we looked at him being El Olam. Last week, we looked at him being El Roy, the God who sees me. And um, those series are all available now online, free to download. Uh, the podcasts on YouTube, you can watch the messages but with the podcast, you can actually download them to your phone. You can send them to people and so on and so forth. So take advantage of those uh, uh, opportunities. Last week, I was reading the statistics of when our administrators sent them to me of people that were listening to the podcast across the world. And I know that uh, if people, God is helping people to, reach, to be reached where they are in countries like Italy. We saw in Italy, in Dubai, in uh, Nigeria, quite a few people in North America. Uh, and uh, there was one other prominent place, I can't remember now. And um, it was interesting to see that. And I want to believe God that um, what God is starting with us is to cause his word to truly be spread abroad. And so those of us who are here physically, I want to believe God that as the word is blessing those who are even listening remotely, it will continue to bless us also in the name of Jesus. So the last four parts of this series is going to be, uh, we're going to be using this banner. We're going to be looking at the four names that are on the screen, Elohim, Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, and Jehovah Ra. And again, these are just names that we picked out of the thousands of names that, Jesus, that God has. And uh, I want to encourage every one of us to continue to research these things. I have said over and over again that every name of God gives uh, us the opportunity to understand a dimension of God. This is why he is named in so many ways. And so we must see. The, the background that is to this banner is not as clear as it, you, you see it on the screen now. But if you look at it very closely, it is a picture of what was captured from space as to the stars and to the universe, as big as it is. Now, that was what man could capture this, after many years of research by the likes of NASA and so on. And um, I thought to myself that what can we use in our physical world to try to show the greatness and the vastness of God? At least something that can remind us how big he is. 
Now, there are billions and billions of stars. And if you listen, if you read the Bible in Psalm 147 verse 4, the Bible says he knows all the stars and he names them. Each star, as many as they are. Not to talk of we, human beings, who are just about 8 billion people now, under 8 billion. So if he knows the multiplied billions of stars and he knows every one of us by name and everything we see on the screen represents the earth on that picture is just one of those dots. If at all, you can even see it. The earth that we are 8 billion of us inhabiting is just one of those dots that you can see there. And so it is so difficult to grasp the vastness of this God, the greatness of this God. But if we can think of it that way and we can see the fact that this is the God who said he will help us, it should help us to have peace and have access to some kind of confidence that no human system, system can give. And I pray that God will continue to expose these words and expound it in our hearts in Jesus' name. We have, uh, so today we are looking at God Elohim. And uh, we have established that God has admonished us to be holy as he is holy. So if God is holy, that means God Elohim, who we are looking at today, is also holy. And um, I will be touching a bit on the different names that we, are, we have there, but we will go into the details in the weeks to come. But because it is the same God, you cannot separate his names. His names mean the same, mean different thing, but it is about him as a personality. So we need to understand that they are all interlinked as well. We have been reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Let's read it again, again as we remind ourselves the admonition of God through this great apostle. First Peter 1, 13, let's go. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Let's read verse 15 again. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Verse 16 now. Verse 16. Let's go. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So, we remind ourselves of this charge every time. Of course, this is quoting from the Old Testament renditions when God told Moses in Luke chapter, uh, Le uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, that he is a holy God. And um, Jesus, as I said last week, Jesus came and said it in Matthew 5.48, that be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And Peter repeated these words. He said, you be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So, one of God's names through which he expresses this is holiness is Elohim. Elohim. This is the name of God, which is also at times called Elohe. Elohe, that is E-L-O-H-A-Y. It is the very first name of God that is found in the scriptures. The very, very first expression of God that is found as far as documentation of time was concerned. We know this from Genesis 1-1, which we read and we're still going to read a little bit later on. So it is the first name of God, and it is used throughout the Bible in many ways. We are told that it is used about two and a half thousand times, 2,500 times in different ways. 
Elohim itself comes from a Hebrew root word, which means strength or power. Somebody say strength. strength. Say power. power. And this name is having a characteristic of being plural. That means that it can also be part of other names. So it is a part of God's name that means his strength, his power, but it can also be used as a suffix or a prefix or a suffix to other names and attributes of God. When used as such, it is simply referred to as El. We have looked at the two of the Els last two weeks. We looked at El Olam and El Roy. The L there simply means God, the all-powerful God. So the powerful God who sees is El Roy. The powerful God who is everlasting is El Olam. And we can also see him in other names, which we can't, for the sake of time, go too deep into. We know that he is also El Shaddai, which is simply known as the Almighty God. El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the God of all might. So God of power, God of strength, demonstrating his almighty nature is El Shaddai. We know that from Genesis chapter 49 verse 24. We also know that he is El Elyon, which refers to him as the most high God. We used to sing the most high God reigneth, the most high God reigns, because the most high God is the God above all gods. The God that acknowledges the existence of other gods, but is not threatened by them. The God through whom everything was created, everything was formed. The almighty God who is most high. We find that in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and verse 19. And we can go on and on. Like I said, we have looked at El Roy, the God who sees, and El Olam, the God who is everlasting. And lots more of these. We also can find the name El in many names of persons, even in scriptures. Any name that has an L in is, is, is a name that has the compound power of God added to a suffix or a prefix. Like Daniel, which simply means El is my judge. God the powerful is my judge. is the righteous judge. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, which means the gift of God or the gift of El. Nathan means gift. And El, Nathaniel. And Samuel means heard by El. Heard by El or heard by God. And Elijah. Elijah is one of the most powerful names. It's talking about El, the God, and Jah, Jehovah, the God of all sufficiency, which we'll look at next week. The all-sufficient God. The one who is sufficient in himself. The one who needs nothing to stand all by himself. The one who was never created but yet created all things. He is the all-sufficient God. That is who he is. So when the name Elijah is pronounced, he's talking about the powerful God who is also self-sufficient. The powerful God who, this is why when Jesus, when, the, the, when Jesus was being hailed and being welcomed into Jerusalem in the name of this God, and the people said, if you do not tell your disciples, tell your disciples to be quiet that they're shouting. And Jesus said, look, if this one should stop shouting he said the rocks will cry out because the sufficient god only gives man the privilege to worship him anything can worship god the trees can decide to sing for god the stones can decide to sing unto him he means nothing because he is self-sufficient in himself and he made all things that is why we read the entire genesis chapter one to remind us that we are not the only things he made we're not the only things he made 
Those of you who are listening to this podcast or hearing this after, please remember, we read Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 28, but what I want to remind you all and tell you all is that read those scriptures again and remind yourself, he made the heavens, he made the earth. The word heavens there doesn't just mean the heaven that we're going to. It refers to all those stars and all those galaxies, all the entire universe and everything beyond it. Imagine it. Everything he made. And the Bible says he made all things by the word of his power. And God said, and there was. And God said, and there was. And in your life he has said, and there will be. In the name of Jesus. In your life he has said, be holy and you shall be holy. In the name of Jesus. The name of God also is attached to places. We, saw, we know in scriptures. Like Bethel means house of El or the house of God. Jezreel means El will sow or God will sow. And of course we know that Israel simply means the prince of El or the prince of God. Hallelujah. And so Elohim, if we want to put all this together, we can define him as the infinite, all-powerful God who shows by his works. The infinite, all-powerful God who shows by his works that he is. Somebody say with me, he is creator. He is sustainer. sustainer. And he is supreme. He shows by his all-powerful nature, his infinite power, that he is the all-powerful God. And he shows it by what he does, that he is our creator, he is our sustainer, and he is supreme. Now, these three things and these three aspects of God, Elohim, are very important for us to remind ourselves. Because, you see, our mind is fixed and finite. That is why we find it very difficult to comprehend anything that was not created. Science, mathematics, arts, everything about knowledge and literacy in life try to rationalize everything that it sees to something that created it or made it. And virtually everything you can touch in life was created by somebody. Everything you can see. But you see, there are things that God himself has created that are created that as you and I can, uh, can testify that we are created as we saw in Genesis 1, the entire world. My wife and I were looking at some landscapes in, in Cape Town last year, about this time last year. And we were arguing sort of wondering whether it was man-made or was carved. Because it was by the seaside and the way the rocks were shaped, it looked as if a hand, a, a sculptist went there and sculpted the, the rocks one after the other because the, the patterns were perfect and everything was natural. How many of you have seen pictures from wildlife that just blow your mind? You see rocks that stand on each other and you wonder how it's held up. Because no scientific principle can explain how the bigger rock is staying on the smaller one. God of wonders beyond the galaxies. This is who he is. He has created all things. Somebody say all things. But you see, he was never created. God created all things and he created it in time. But he himself was never created and he is not subject to time. This is why we must understand that this Elohim God is truly infinite. 
is truly all-powerful. And if he says to you and I to be holy, that means he has given us the potential to be holy, and we shall be holy indeed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's quickly go back to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We see the first manifestation of God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God. Go back to verse 1. In the beginning, God. I've said it to you over and over, and I'm sure you know that by now, that that beginning does not refer to the beginning of God, because God has no beginning, he has no end. But he's talking about the beginning of what? Of time. The beginning of documented time. In the beginning, God created. God Elohim, that is where his name has come from. The creator, the all-powerful, the all-self-sufficient, the God of infinite power created. The one that created all things, created the heavens and the earth. And so we must appreciate him for who he is. Now, everything we read from verse 3 right through to verse 25 shows us the various things he did and how God set everything in order so that we can come to a place where when he created us, we can come and truly have dominion. Let's go to verse 26 and remind ourselves how we were created. Verse 26, let's read together. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Somebody say, God made me in his own image and after his likeness. Now, there would have been no need for him to command us to be holy as he is holy if sin had not entered this earth. Genesis 1.26 makes us to understand that we were perfect before him. That is why the Bible says the man, after Genesis 2 in verse 18, after Eve was created and formed out of Adam, the Bible says the man and his wife were naked and they knew it not. Because they were sinless, they were perfect. At that point in time, they were in the complete, total image of God. And complete, total likeness of that same God. Praise the Lord. Sin that the enemy brought in is what brought about the need for man to be reinstated to the, to the place of holiness which God had put him right from the beginning. The Bible says, so God, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. He created them. Let's read verse 28 again. Then God said, let's read together. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The words be fruitful were the first words that came after the blessing. 
And every time we see the evidence of fruitfulness, any kind of fruitfulness that is corroborating what God said here, it must remind us that so it is that when he commanded us to be holy, we also can be holy. Hallelujah. My mother-in-law used to say something that every time, as a younger person, she saw that every time she sees a chicken, a hen, hatch an egg, and you see a chick come out of it, or you see a dog carry and bear puppies or pups, and they, they come out and you can see all of them, that it always reminds her that there is no barrenness that is permitted by God. That if God can do it in those animals, he is more than able to do it in humans. Very powerful. Every time you see an element of what God said, if you can see that fruitfulness is real, if you can see that multiplication is truly real, that simply means that our holiness is real. Hallelujah! So when he said we should be fruitful and we are fruitful, he says we should be holy, then we are holy. Hallelujah! This is why we must have the assurance that the God who helps us to be fruitful, the Elohim, the creator of all things, who helps us to be fruitful, is also the one who would help us continually to be holy. So Elohim has been the sustainer. He did not just create, he also sustained. You and I have no capacity in ourselves to sustain ourselves. He is also our righteous judge. So the Elohim, the three aspects of the Elohim God that we must always remember is that he is creator, he is sustainer, and he is also the supreme judge. You see, the reason is this. After we were created... I told you from Isaiah 43 last time, just about two weeks ago, that God said that he created us and he formed us in the womb. And then he said that he has also redeemed us so that he created us twice. So God created us first naturally and then he created us supernaturally. And I said the creation, the work of creation for the child of God, everyone who has been created in this physical world has to become a child of God, has also been created again as uh, a child of God in the spirit. So Elohim is also our sustainer, the one who makes that journey of holiness possible for us, the one who makes it possible for us to have the fear of God. A few weeks ago, a couple of months back, we were dealing about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to help us. And we looked at the seven manifestations and two of it, we looked at the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The two manifestations of the Holy Spirit that specifically help us to have a walk that is close to God and is as commanded of us. So the Bible says Jesus was sent and in John chapter 1 verse 1, we read about the manifestation of Jesus who was sent as the expression of the word of God. When we read Genesis 1, and God said, God spoke the word, and there was. And God spoke the word, and there was. We read all that in Genesis chapter 1. Everything that was created in the, in the six days that God created the earth before he rested on the seventh. But look at John chapter 1 verse 1 again. Let's read together. In the beginning, John 1, 1, thank you. In the beginning was the word, with a capital W, and that word was with God, with a capital G, and the word was God. 
Hallelujah. And the Bible also says, verse 2. Let's go to verse 2 of that. He was in the beginning with God. He was what? In the beginning with God. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word and that word was with God and that word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 3 together. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Somebody say all things were made through the word and without him nothing was made that was made. Now he is the sustainer. Everything was made through him. And everything is being sustained by him. Let's keep reading. Go straight to verse 14. Because we know that in verse 14 we are told that what? And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. The words grace and truth are the things that brought us to him. The Bible says, for by grace we have been saved through faith. It is not our own doing, but what? The gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But it's also said it was full of that grace and it was full of truth. And the Bible says the more we know the truth, the truth sets us free. So what Jesus came to do is to give us grace to become holy and also to keep giving us the truth to remain holy. A holy walk with God helps us to continually access deliverance, the help that we need to make us the people that he has commanded us to be. The Bible says in verse 17, go to verse 17, we're just skipping those scriptures in John chapter 1, but try to read the entire chapter when you have time. He said, for the law was given, what? Through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus gave, Moses was given the law and he gave the law. But the Bible says when Jesus came, he brought with him grace and truth. The Elohim packaged himself in the flesh because Colossians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that in him dwelt the fullness, in Jesus Christ dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Elohim packaged himself in the world and he came and in this life he lived for 33 and a half years in the space of time. And the Bible says he came and he brought grace and truth by going to the cross and dying finally one final sacrifice that was made to override every sacrifice that had ever been made. So one more time, give man the opportunity. Finally, the only singular left opportunity for man to truly have access to that grace and truth. The Bible says Jesus came and he gave it to us. Elohim packaged himself in Jesus and he came and gave us access. We know that every one of us at new birth is recreated. We have read it many times from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to what? The flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, 
Yet now we know him thus no longer. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is what? A new creation. Somebody say a new creation. A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I emphasize the word new creation because many times we say he's a new creature. There is no new creature. We are new creation. To show that the old creation, the old man that was first created has passed away. That man that was subject to bondage is no longer alive. Hallelujah. It takes an exposure to the truth to continue to be liberated from the lie of the enemy that wants to keep you and I in the lures and in the temptations of that old man. The Bible says, if anyone, is your name part of the anyone? Are you part of the anyone? If you are part of the anyone, the Bible says, if you are in Christ, you are what? A new creation. All things have passed away and behold what? All things have become new. This is what Elohim does. He is the creator. He is the creator. And he put himself in Jesus Christ and brought to us grace and truth so that we can become the new creation. The same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 is recreated as documented in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. The only difference now is that the first one was a physical creation. This one is a spiritual creation. But it's a new man. Hallelujah. This new man is full of glory. This new man is full of hope. This new man has nothing tied to the old things anymore. This new man is delivered from the old ways. This new man is delivered from the old bondage. This new man is delivered from the old frustration. This new man is a new creation. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. We emphasize the word creation today because we are celebrating the God of all creation. We are celebrating Elohim. If you don't know Elohim as the God of your new creation, you will live like Adam. You will live like the fallen Adam. But God said you are no longer like the fallen Adam. You are now the Jesus Adam. The one who is begotten and the one who has joined heirs and inheritance with the Son of God. Hallelujah. The one who lives above sin and sickness. The one who lives above torment. The one who lives above frustration. I say, but Pastor David, does that mean I can no longer have the attack of sickness? Does that mean I can no longer be tempted? That's not what I'm saying. If Jesus was tempted, you and I will be tempted. The Bible only said that he was tempted at all points, yet he knew no sin. So you and I must aspire unto the, the standard and the desires of God concerning our lives that we are also new creation who must continue to depend on Elohim, our sustainer, to keep us holy. And may the Lord continue to honor his word in our lives in the name of Jesus. So he has thus been guiding our walk of holiness through his son since our new birth. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, let's read from verse 1 to verse 3. The Bible says, God, let's read together. 
God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed what? Heir of all things, through whom he has also made the worlds. Worlds. Let's read verse 1 again. Go back to verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. You see, the work of the prophets in the Old Testament was to continue to speak to the people. The people had no access to God. No access. That is why the Bible says concerning Moses, he knew the ways of God. The children of Israel were only seeing his acts. So all the prophets of old would hear from God and would come and tell the people what God was saying. But the Bible says in verse 2, as new creation, I want to make an emphasis here, to get us delivered from a plague of the end time and an ignorance in the body of Christ in this end time. The Bible says in the old days he spoke to the people by the prophets. In this new dispensation, what did he say in verse 2? What does he do? The Bible says, has in this, verse 2 please, has in these last days spoken to us by what? His son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He has spoken to us now. He is speaking to us now by his son, his word. Go and check the entire New Testament. The work of the prophets now is part of the fivefold ministries. According to Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some prophets, he gave some apostles, he gave some pastors and teachers and evangelists. What? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The work of the prophetic now is to keep declaring the mind of God for the work to be done. Not for people to be seeking prophets all over the place. Believers in our time are still going about like Old Testament believers. Looking for prophets to prophesy to them. They will say, man of God, prophesy. Prophesy to me. Man of God, prophesy. And God said, no, I have now given you my word. It is complete prophecy. The Bible says, for the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every time you read the word with understanding, you gain understanding for God's direction for your life. You need no man to tell you what to do with your life. No man. You need to go to the word of God by the spirit of God. When you come to the word of God and you have understanding, God will reveal to you his divine plan for your life. Hallelujah. Men and women of God are going about today asking from conference to conference, looking for who next to prophesy to them. Who next to tell them something that will make them happy. God is saying that these times he has spoken to us by his son, his word, and that he has appointed him heir of all things, including your life and my life. The reason why we have weak Christians today uh, is simply because we are refusing to appreciate the provision of God. In that in time past, he spoke to us by prophets. But in these days, he's speaking to us by his son. May our eyes be open to what God is saying to us at all times. In the name of Jesus. Am I saying that the office of the prophets is no longer applicable? No. Am I saying that prophecy is no more applicable? No. They are still New Testament gifts. But they are to edify the church for the work of the ministry. 
This is why every time you hear the word of God, what it should do is not just to give you a feeling of comfort and joy alone. That is already in the word. The prophetic declaration is to stir you up for the work of the ministry. It's to stir you up to be, a, we read, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, creation, sorry, and all things have passed away and all things have become new. If you keep reading on to verse 22, the Bible says, for he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Our conversion is not to keep us in the place of dependence but to keep us in the place of deployment, a place of service, a place of desiring to do the kingdom work. Hallelujah. We are newly created so that we can be salt and light to our generation. May the Lord continue to empower us all in the name of Jesus. But look at what he does for us in verse 3. He, the Bible says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word. Somebody say, upholding all things. By the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It is our duty, therefore, to keep looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. If the Bible says he's the author and finisher of our faith, that means our faith started somewhere and it will end somewhere. How many of us know that we don't need faith in heaven? We will not need faith in heaven. You've never heard that? You don't need faith. That is why the Bible calls Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. While we are in this earth, we need faith. Because we have to keep having the substance of that thing hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. The day we touch that heaven and we see that thing, we will no longer need faith because we are right inside it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So we must, as long as you are in this physical body, you must continue to depend on Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12. You must continue to depend on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12. Go to Hebrews 12 verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is what? Set before us. Verse 2. Let's shout verse 2 together. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us endure. Let us look unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hallelujah. As we look unto him in our faith journey, Elohim continues to give us continual access to the dividends of eternal life. Because he is the God of new creation, he will continue to create in you traits, abilities. The things of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace are his attributes that he only creates in those whom he has recreated. That is why your work of love deepens. The more you walk with him, that is why your patience deepens and grows. That is why your endurance and your long-suffering is also enhanced as you walk with him. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6. Let's keep remembering that he is Elohim and his work in us is to keep doing new things to help us in holiness. 
Nehemiah 9 6. The Bible says, You alone are the Lord. You have made the heaven. You have made the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. One translation says, And you give life to them all. You preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. We must understand that without him, we can do nothing. Acts 17, 28, the Bible says, For it is in him we live, it is in him we move, and it is in him we have our being. You must continue to hold on to the word of God if you want to make this journey. The word of God is the only standard that you must keep. As you hold on to him, the Bible says he gives you life, access to life. First John chapter 5, First John chapter 5, verse 11. He says, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. He said, these things I have written to you, verse 13, that you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Read the last portion of the, of the verse. Let's read quickly the last three lines. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Tell your neighbor for me, please continue to believe. Many things will shake your faith. Say, many things will shake your faith. Things will want to make you doubt. But please continue to believe. As long as you continue to believe, you enjoy eternal life. The work of the devil now is very simple. Very simple. It's not complicated. It's just to keep as many in the place of unbelief as possible. Anything he can do to discourage the saints, anything he can do to make them despair is good enough for him. He doesn't need to bring the whole world down. He just needs to look at what will, help, what will make you disbelieve God. Because he knows that as long as you don't continue to believe, you find it difficult to remind yourself that you have eternal life. But my God will keep helping you to believe in him. I say Elohim will help you to keep believing in him in the name of Jesus. Finally, I just want to say to us, this journey just requires us to be humble. Recognize your need for Elohim throughout this journey. There is no way you and I can stack up any experience. The Bible says if you think you stand, take heed least you fall. The creator of the heavens and the earth says, depend on me. Let us not leave him by the side. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? Verse 2 says, For all those things my hand has made. And all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look. On which one? On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. The word poor there doesn't mean somebody who has lack. It simply means somebody who is humble. Poor in the spirit. Him who has a contrite spirit. Him who is poor in the spirit. Him who is not arrogant towards God. It's not like the rich young ruler who said, I've kept all these commandments and could not be helped by Elohim who was looking at him straight in the face. It is about those who are saying, Lord, I cannot do this journey without you. It is about those who are saying, Lord, I cannot be holy without your presence. It is about those who are praying, who are seeking his face in his word every day, 
who are desiring to hear directly from him, not depending on things and the systems of this world. It is about those who say, Lord, whatever I attain in this life, whatever I become, will never be sufficient enough to bring a barrier between my life and serving you. It is about those who truly submit and surrender at all times. I pray that God will make us a humble people. I pray that God will make us a people of a contrite spirit in the name of Jesus. To be contrite in spirit simply means that you are completely yielded. When God says to you, son, repent, you repent. When God says to you, ask for forgiveness, you ask for forgiveness. When God says to you, speak kindly, you speak kindly. When God says to you, forgive somebody, you forgive. You don't say, Lord, you, can't you see what they did to me? That is a person of a contrite spirit. Someone who is ready to just do whatever he says to, 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 to do. And I pray that God will make you and I that person in the mighty name of Jesus. I'd like us to rise to our feet today. Well,